Hi everyone, this is Ben Mitchell, bringing you another batch of podcast minisodes from the Click Animation Festival, which recently took place in Amsterdam. We came back from last year's edition with a series of filmmaker Q&A sessions, a tradition we're very happy to continue, as this year boasted some superb films and filmmakers also. And as with last year, these interviews are held by Hans Walter, and the first three interviewees up will have films that are actually online already, so you can give them a watch. In fact, you very well may have already, as they're all big online hits. First up, we have Giovanni Braccio, who made the comedy horror Valentine's Day short Cthupid. Also, Junaid Chandragar will be talking about his work as part of the Fixed Fairy Tales series, specifically The Princess and the Pea. Also, with some interesting perspectives on the relationship of animation and music, we hear from composer and performer Flora Dill discussing Manfred the Monkey. So without further ado, let's hand it over to Hans. Giovanni made the film Cupid. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit how this film came about? Was it commissioned work or was it your own project? It was actually a personal project. I've done it in my spare time. That's yeah. why it's also so short, actually. Only yeah. one minute because back then I was working on a feature film in Denmark. And so I was full-time on the movie, and the movie was like very different from this topic, so it was like very cute and, and very, uh, like very gentle and everything. So probably I felt the urge of having some gore action yeah, yeah, on yeah, a personal yeah. project, I don't know. Well, l- let's not spoil the twist that is in the, <laughs> in the film. Uh, yeah. But you said you made it in your spare time. Does that mean that you didn't have any funding to make this film? No, 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 completely. Uh, it's zero budget. Oh. I worked uh, first, started working on it on the weekends and uh, nights, and then I saved some time between a freelance work and another to, to work on it a few weeks. And only in the last period, the last month, I worked on it full, full time because I wanted it to be released on the internet before Valentine's Day. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah, Valentine's okay. was approaching, I, I just stopped anything else and, and focused fully on it. Okay. <laughs> I understand that you studied in uh, Italy. What school was that? The Centro Sperimentale di Cinematografia, ah, which see. now is called the Scuola Nazionale di Cinema, which is the National School of Cinema in Italy. Okay. And, and what you studied there was 2D. 2D animation, yeah. Hand-drawn animation. I, is I that, studied, that's yeah. where your passion is? or? Yeah, yeah, totally. I later on learned also CG animation, but mostly for like for work reasons. I mean, I, I enjoy animating 3D as well, because you can fully focus on the animation itself. You don't have, whilst when you're doing 2D, you have a lot of issues on the... A lot of time spent like adjusting the drawings, coloring, cleaning up. Yeah. But I, I really love the, the look of 2D animation and that's yeah. like my, my, my big love is there. <laughs> and, and did you have any help with the animation? Or yeah, actually this year like a friend of mine, Julia Bellunato, <laughs> that she did, uh, yeah, she worked on some, uh, I mean she worked me, helped me assist in the, the animation. Okay. Yeah. And, and the designs were your own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, design, background, it was like... Okay. Yeah, and story. Story. Okay. Yes. And, <laughs> and you, right? you you hoped it was going to be finished before Valentine's Day. Was it finished before February? Yeah, yeah it was 14th? like right in time, one week before, so I had time to upload it and okay. and sp- yeah, spread. So it sort of premiered on the internet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Premiere was on the internet. Yeah. And how many hits so far? <laughs> I guess three hundred thousand between YouTube and Vimeo. Okay. So I mean, that was a. Uh, 
I wasn't expecting it to be selected to a festival, honestly. My main goal was, let's do something little and funny, again, put it online and that will help with some visibility and, and yeah, generally you get you know, a few job offers and also for the personal pleasure of doing something mine every now yeah. and then. And, and has it been shown in festivals, I mean, besides the Click Festival? Uh, not in Europe. I've been asked in the States, uh, uh, yeah, some little festival, like horror festival or, uh, yeah, very short movie festival. Oh, no, wait, there's been also a screen in the Turcourt Film Festival in, in, uh, in France. That's also another yeah, European premiere. Yeah, like a, a, a few festivals, they asked me. A click was the first one that I actually applied for. The okay. other ones I was asked to. <laughs> because all these, the sending in your films to festivals, that you all do that yourself as well. Yeah. You have to do everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. It's a, and it's, a, it's a, an extra job actually, following all the, I mean, applying yeah. for festival and uh, promoting the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand you said you also learned 3D. You learned that at the animation workshop the animation in Denmark, workshop. right? Yeah. yeah exactly. How does that work? Do you have to like apply for that, or do you just pay and you can do the workshop? No, it's a it's really good uh, 15 weeks workshop. You apply for it. There is a selection. I think they take. Uh, maybe we're 16 people per year uh, yeah it's three months and a half and then once you're in if you get selected it, it doesn't you don't have to be an animator because in the selection half of us were 2d animators with no knowledge whatsoever of 3d and the other half were uh, people that knew already 3d 3d like Maya or whatever 3d software but never animated before so they kind of mixed the team and uh, and yeah, and then you do workshop for for 15 weeks. You you do workshop eight hours a day every day. It's okay, really yeah. intense. It's a long time. Yeah, really intense. Yeah. And and did you do this workshop with the intention of of making a short 3D? I film? I actually my graduation my graduation like my final assignment at the end on the last four weeks you you do a final assignment and. Uh, I did a little animation of one minute again, and, and it was shown in Click two years ago, but okay. not, not in uh, not in competition. It was like on a, like on the funny short selection. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever thought about like, what you see nowadays a lot is like it has been animated in 3D, and then they render it in a way that it still looks like 2D. Did you ever experimented with that kind of? Uh, no, not not stuff? really, but. It's interesting, especially maybe when it comes to TV series, because I, I see personally that I don't have to deal with modeling and rigging. I find 3D animation uh, easier in a way, or I don't know, kind of, it's, when it's not your own style, when you have to draw someone else uh, with someone else's hand, it's really hard at the beginning to get the right design, and you don't have these kind of issues in 3D, so you can yeah, only focus on the animation, which to me is really, really nice. And if you also can get the 2D look, that would be ideal. I yeah. think at the moment, right, I, you still kind of feel too much the the, the software. So, yeah. but it's probably going there. I mean, apart yeah. from big companies like Paperman looked completely yeah, 2D yeah, and yeah, was yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and well, this film is uh, a little over a minute, and you said the film two years ago also was very short. Mm -hmm. uh, have you ever aspired to make something longer? I, I am now working, I'm, I'm writing a TV series at the moment, uh, I've done a little teaser which uh, is basically finishing now, the compositor is finishing the last thing, 
And now that we got this little teaser report, we're gonna try some uh, crowdfunding. It's way more exciting and interesting. It's like this is like a big, big project. And, and do, in Italy, do they have like a system for uh, subsidies to get? F yeah, they they do. I actually left Italy ten years ago, so I'm not oh. really updated with uh, okay. what was going on in Italy. But yeah, they do. I got some friends. They applied and they got the fundings. Okay. It's not. It's not. I guess it's not like a huge funding still. But that that would be also the the option would be maybe crowdfunding and I might apply for some development. Maybe in UK, I lived in UK for long, I lived in UK for five, six years. So I was also thinking maybe to combine the two things. Okay. And where do you live now? I don't know <laughs> at the moment actually. Because <laughs> the last year and a half I lived in Lisbon and I just, just left the house. I came here with all my stuff. Okay. I guess I'm going maybe to go back to Italy for a while. Okay. And because I can freelance remotely when, uh, most, most of the times yeah. and just try to be based there and if I get some job offer somewhere else I'm always like uh, okay with relocating. <laughs> it's actually yeah, the charming part of this job I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I understand you also do work for hire, you worked on uh, uh, Long Way North, yep. uh, Toutano du Monde yep. from Rémy. How does that work? How did who they how did they find you? Uh, was it through your short films or? Uh, no, in that case, was uh, no. I, I applied. I applied for the for the. They were looking for animators in the in the Danish studio because they animated half of the movie in Denmark and the other half in France. And uh, yeah, I, I applied. I made a test, so like a regular way, <laughs> and yeah, I passed the test. Okay. And yeah, been and there for eight months. Oh, that's a long time. And I was wondering, is that uh, does that work for you? Is animating in somebody else's film is that I, okay? I, I mean, of course, the money is okay, but yeah, I, I think it's not only about the money. It's also I like the challenge because, for instance, on Long Way North, I'm I'm not good at drawing girls, like little girls, for instance. Or horses, and I had to. And in that case, I had to do. It. I, I got some shots with the with the main character, which is a little a girl that was riding a horse. So I was like, <laughs> it's, that's that kind of stuff. That if it was a personal project, I would have never done it. And because when you do your stuff, you just rarely go out of your comfort area. So I like of when you work uh, for someone else, you're forced to to push your boundaries and do something you would never do and then, and then you learn, that's the way you grow, I, I think, they grow faster at least. And does that mean that you had to do some research in how to animate a uh, walk cycle for a horse and stuff? Yeah, exactly, watching some videos, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I had like a real horse like, <laughs> to film or something, but yeah, videos were, were good enough. Thanks to the internet, now you have a lot of sources. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. There was one thing I was wondering about Cupid because every film now is made in in widescreen or cinemascope, and this was made still in the in old three, four, four, by, four by three yes. uh, aspect well, ratio. Why was that? The main reason was just that since there are no, there is no editing. There is only one frame. Right. And most of the action happens vertically with the monster. When I was doing in. Uh, like normal uh, 16 by 9 there was a lot of dead space on the side that I didn't need and it was also not giving enough uh, like importance to the to the to the to the transformation to the to the action to the vertical action okay so it kind of flattened it, the, the, the flattened the old action I didn't like it so I, I went back to the old uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> think people get 
use more and more to vertical screens because you know yeah, of all the iPhones the that are filming. I, yeah. I, I thought about that actually to use a like a phone format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was a movie. All I can see from here, I think, a short movie which is shot with that totally format. Totally on the phone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, amazing. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, Giovanni. Yeah. And then I would like to invite my next guest, Janet Sundrikar. Welcome, Janet. Hello. Well, you made an incredibly amount of short films, but uh, the one we're talking about now is The Princess and the Pea. Mm -hmm. So this is part of a series uh, called Fixed Fairy Tales. Uh, where did the idea come from? This is uh, written by the guys uh, from the YouTube channel How It Should Have Ended, uh, which is a big YouTube channel and they uh, have a lot of subscribers and um, I met them at Comic-Con in 2012 in San Diego and uh, they wanted to do something together because all their animation is uh, tweened and they really like that we do everything frame by frame. So they asked us uh, if we have an idea for a show, can we do that together with you guys? Then they started their own kids channel, which was different from their main channel because their main channel is uh, what we also did, movie parodies and stuff like that. And they wanted uh, that, but for kids. And then they had the idea of fixed fairy tales. Of uh, they wrote that themselves, and they asked us if we wanted to animate it. And yeah, this is episode five of a six. Uh, it has six episodes in total. This is the fifth episode. Okay. So they the 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 series was there before you worked on it. They they already made some animated. Uh, uh, no no things. no. They uh, they they had written it. But they, uh, we did everything from the show, so uh, visually. Okay. So uh, they wrote it, but they were searching for oh, people right. to animate it. And okay. uh, yeah, the scripts went, it went back and forth a bit because sometimes they would write this and we, we would say, <laughs> can it be a bit shorter? Because we had two weeks for every episode. Ooh, so that's, that's we had to do it very quickly. That's why you see, you know, it's... When she stands there, she doesn't move at all. It's just her it's mouth just and her, her mouth. Eye, yeah. yeah, and not even the chin is yeah. moving. So it's yeah, yeah. So yeah. we had to cheat in a lot of different ways to uh, uh, finish it within two weeks. So. But but you say this is aimed at at a, a kids audience, but some of the humor looks very adult-like, uh, or is that your kind of humor? Or? A bit, but also the guys from How It Should Have Ended, uh, they don't want to talk down to kids. So they also feel like us that if uh, if they wanted to make something for kids and shouldn't necessarily avoid jokes that the adults can understand. Although it's not that bad, right? In this one? No, or? no, 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 no. <laughs> no, but when I first saw it, I, it wasn't, I wasn't immediately like, oh, this is really just for kids. I mean, I enjoyed it as well. No, yeah, that hard. was our goal. Yeah. To, to yeah, make it funny as well for uh, adults. So, and I understand that Daniel Baxter is the director of this series. Is he in the states? Yeah, yeah. And, and how does that work? Do you does he write a story, then you do an animatic, and then he gives his comments? Or uh, uh, yeah, basically that's uh, they write it, and um, yeah, then we we make a storyboard for that, and that goes back and forth, and um, if they're happy, which they're they're very. Um, 
easygoing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but you get uh, so after the story and you make your comments, then they send like the soundtrack. They yeah. do the voices over there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did the voices. Uh, we did the music and the sound effects we did over here. So they sent us the voices and we sent those to our sound designer in the end. And then we did the, the sounds ourselves. And the voices, are they already edited? Like, Is, is the timing already there? Um, no, no, that was up to me, I think. Yeah, okay. I had to put that uh, under the... I had to make an animatic on that. Okay, so, so um, you can tweak the voices yeah. and, and, and okay, vary the timing. Yeah. I had a look at your website, the Clump Animation website, and I saw an immense amount of uh, series that you're doing, uh, like tens different series or something. A lot of those have stopped, so that's why it's... Okay, <laughs> okay. So uh, is that something that works best for you, to do this sort of one theme and then do all these short films? Well, we kind of got started by doing a web show and other people also wanted a web show so that just happened it's not like we're actively pursuing only web shows but it's just that we met some people uh, over in america who also like uh, those guys who just want web shows from us and every now and then we do a standalone short or yeah we like to work on our own uh, stuff but so far it's been a lot of web shows i've seen your films from Years ago, your final exam film, uh, Sheep to Way, and uh, they're all more or less in the same style. Is that especially your style? Could you imagine working in a, a different uh, style or technique? We, we try to, uh, every. It, it depends on how much time we have, because uh, my colleague uh, Davor, he doesn't really like to do the character designs, so very quickly it goes, it's up to me to decide uh, how everything should look like and most of the time it has to be finished in two weeks so uh, yeah most of the design choices are also to keep in mind that it has to be animated quickly so okay. the arms are always not anatomically correct so just so we don't have to keep that in mind if we uh, our uh, animated shorts uh, our ultra court hanging yes. that we did I didn't do anything on the designs for that because we wanted a different look. So we, uh, Tom Maurik, yes, uh, he, uh, I asked him to do the character designs and uh, Davor as well. That was just their look, uh, and uh, Anna Engels did the backgrounds. Uh, that's where we wanted a visually completely different thing that we've done before. It's it's mostly because of um, one. The time constraints too. I'm lazy, so maybe that's why everything looks the same. <laughs> But and how do you divide the work with Davor? You both do the animation, mostly, yeah. And it's like you do that shot, I do this shot, or yeah, I have to because he's a very uh, fast, but he also animates a lot of frames, and he does that everything straight ahead. So he has to tone down a bit, and I I have to do more of my best. <laughs> so that we meet somewhere in the middle for the end result okay um but yeah after working together for four years when we have the the animatic we immediately know okay this is your shot this is mine um <laughs> just to know how to finish everything in time so are there people who could recognize if they see a shot oh that's by Jeanette and that's by davor uh, uh liz does yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> okay but but you think it's sort of 
if you see the whole film, you don't think, oh, that's a totally different quality or... I see it. I see it, especially in the, the first things we did, the, the first season of Bad Days. Uh, that's where it really shows who did what shot. But um, yeah, I don't know. I can't look at it and I can't see something old from us and forget who did the shot. I remember course, everything. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But you work very fast. You say in two weeks you have to finish an episode like this so that's like how many seconds a day per animator oh i have no idea that that depends on the shot and yeah, yeah. Uh, the animation is mostly done in three days uh, it, it's mostly the cleaning and coloring that takes the most time and this we did the lip syncing uh, also frame by frame but now we mostly uh, library base the the mouths okay. and just stick it in there which is a lot faster but for this show it was fun to do that frame by frame and the intro is always this owl who <laughs> begins the story. And, and have, do you now have like a library of the owl that you don't have to animate him anymore with a new he intro? He just sits on a, on a stick yeah, when he, he talks. Moves his, he moves his arms and yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of hands. Sometimes we, we grab his wings and his, uh, we, we reuse things. But most of the time we just animated that because he sits still and that's easy to do. Just a, a wing or something. So. When I look at your style of animation, I uh, obviously it reminds me of some of the old Warner Brothers stuff. W were you influenced by people like Chuck Jones, Tex Avery? Yeah, kind of a lot. Uh, that and the '90s Cartoon Network stuff. Oh right, that's what I hear a lot. But um, Dexter's Lab, yeah, and, uh, Powerpuff, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I just like that sort of humor, just very slapsticky and uh, not not really aimed at a specific age. Just make it fun so that I can enjoy it and hopefully others as well. Yeah. But, but those Warner Brothers cartoons, for instance, were they part of your childhood or did you really have oh to? Oh no, uh, yeah? I grew up with those. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, thank you very much, Janet, thank for you. being here. Good okay. luck with the series. We'll watch Thanks. it on uh, YouTube. I'd like to invite my uh, next guest, Fleur Odile van Wijk. Welcome, Fleur. Thank you. Um, you worked on Manfred the Monkey. You are not an animator or, well, the animation for this film was made by uh, Amanda Niedermeyer. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And you uh, did the music. Yeah, the music yeah. and the storyboard. So that's you that we hear. Yeah. You're, you do the singing. Yeah. Tell me, because you, you have like a band. Yeah, I have a band uh, and I used to just do music, actually in Istanbul, in Turkey. And when I moved back to Holland, uh, I started working for an animation company. Uh, and part of our job is that we can do our own project. So I thought it would be nice to combine these two and um, work together with a colleague and write a song for an animation. And that's what we did. But what were you doing in Turkey when you... Uh yeah, I, I have a very uh, different background than most animators people um, but I studied political science so I researched Turkish nationalism <laughs> um, but I've always done music so I thought it would be nice to start a band there um, and uh, meet people so I did and then the band became popular and then I stayed to do the band and that's how I have the band okay but, uh, but now you live in Holland again yeah yeah and the band the rest of the band is still in Turkey yeah yeah I didn't bring them no okay no so, so are you gonna do more with the band? Are you maybe going back uh, there? Yeah, sometimes we get asked for performances um, uh, and then I go there or they come here. Um, and yeah, these kind of projects are very nice. Like, 
it's a reason to go there and go into the studio and record Manfred the Monkey. Um, so it, I think it's very nice to combine like sort of Dutch projects with the Turkish band. Okay, so who initiated this project? Um, it was very much a combined effort. Uh, so Amanda, my colleague, uh, she wanted to make an animation about a monkey. So she was sort of set on the monkey. Um, and then I thought, okay, what kind of song could we make about a monkey? Uh, and she wanted to, to animate a song, like a video clip. Yeah, or I mean, it was very much like the, the, so the animation and the song were conceived of <laughs> like at the same time. Okay. So we went back and forth. So it's not like I wrote a song and she made the animation. Like, uh, she wanted the monkey, so I was like, so we started off with the idea of the monkey. Then I thought it would be nice to have a story um, of a monkey giving us advice about how to be happy, uh, because we all have this concept of, you know, the state of nature as being innocent. So, like, he gives all this advice that you could also read in magazines. And then in the end, he says, oh, but if you don't have a tail, you will fail. So in the end, it proves to be useless. So we sort of had that idea. And so I wrote a text and then we started storyboarding together. But then uh, we sort of found out that some lines were nice for the music, but it was very hard to make a good scene out of them. So it became too complicated. So we then changed the lines. And so we sort of sat on the storyboard and then I made a first recording. And then it sort of turned out that the pace was too high. So the image like the movements were not clear so then i changed the rhythm uh so we sort of sat on like i made different versions uh so that amanda could pick and she was like like how we like which tempo is good for the animation to be read properly so you could read all the movements so we actually slowed it down and then we tested it and it turned out that some of the jokes like there's this one joke where he says like never start a fight too complex and always 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 have a lot of fruit you know, so, but then we, we sort of had that in the tempo, like, but it was too quick, so people couldn't really get the joke because the rhythm was too high. So for instance, then we decided, like when we made the animatic, uh, like our, we had a, a sort of test audience watch it and they said like, uh, we didn't get the joke, nobody was laughing. So we're like, okay, I guess we have to slow that down. So for instance, then suddenly the song goes halftime Okay. So that you know, so we really like sort of changed the song to the animation and changed the animation to the song like back and forth, and also extended the intro because people were a bit surprised of the green box, like right. like it needed more time. So like, and that was nice. It was very much an interaction between music and animation. Do you think that's the ideal combination to not have the music and then make the animation, but to sort of go ping pong back and forth? Well, I think it's. It's one way to do it. Like I, I watched, I don't know how, ma how many of you saw the animated music thing yesterday? Not many, okay. Um, so like I, I sort of watched the selection like of, of the different uh, uh, um, animations and you can do it in different ways. Like you, you can sort of uh, take a song and, and make an animation to really grasp the atmosphere. You know, so then the animation is just there to sort of support the atmosphere. Or you can use animation to make something that sort of like jumps at you. So it's just more sort of to be surprised, like to add an extra force. And what we did was more use, like make a story and let the music and animation together tell the story. So I, I don't think it's the best way, it's just one way to do it. And it's a choice, like you have to sort of realize 
like why would you do the animation with the music like why and, and is the song also gonna appear on one of the albums of your band yeah 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 so we're gonna uh i'm working on a second album and uh, i think it's going to be an extra track we were thinking of maybe making a record and have um have like a loop on the on the record so if you put it in a record thing you would see manfred dancing oh right oh yeah it's a nice. sort of extra joke um so yeah it's it, like and we also play it uh, at concerts sometimes because uh, it's sort of happy and people like it and i always tell the story that there's an animation and people should watch it okay so um, yeah and i understand this this uh, particular clip was was part of um a sort of project in 60 seconds yeah can you tell a little bit about that because i didn't understand yeah um uh, yeah uh, so uh, me and amanda work for the same animation company which is called in 60 seconds okay and then one uh like we get 180 hours a year so that's 10 percent of our time to do your own project so it can be whatever Oh, and they pay, they pay the time. Yeah, okay. they pay the time. Now, the idea of 180 hours, like you never make this in 180 hours. So we actually put a lot of our own time in it as well. Um, but we basically got time uh, to do this. And it's also how it came about, because if it wasn't for In 60 Seconds, I would not have met Amanda and okay. we would not have started this project. So it's, yeah, it's a different way to have some inspiration at work. And you say you, you do storyboarding? Yeah. And what else do you do? Designs? Or? No, no, no. I'm, um, no, I'm not a, a designer. I, I do have an eye for it. Like I, or, yeah, I think I can sort of say what I like and don't like and talk about it. But I'm not a designer and I'm not an animator. And I, okay. I can't use all those programs. But I am a storyteller. So I can tell why a story would or would not work. Um, so and that's an interesting combination because Amanda yeah. is a super uh, proper animator and she's yeah, yeah. technically very very good. So we are a good combination. Like I look a little bit more from the back, like from a distance, and she's very much into the technique of it. Um, and I yeah, it's it's nice. It leads to interesting conversations. And, and the storyboarding did you was this all self-taught or did you have a, did you go to school to learn illustration drawing? No, no. But then again, Amanda did so. Uh, like I have to give her a lot of credit also for that um, but no so we just sat together and me with my sort of storytelling music background and she with her animation background um, and uh, I mean it helps that I knew what the song was about so I could tell like oh well this sentence is about this and this so we should have an image that would reflect this and then we would come up with different ideas and she would finally decide like whether she would like the movement, whether it fits, like if, you know, if it was easy to go from the one scene to the next. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a good uh, combination of talents, I think. Okay. Well, thank you for being yeah, here. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. That was Hans Walter talking to some of the talented folks at the Click Amsterdam Animation Festival. Check out GiovanniBraggio.com for more of his work. Janaid Chandragaz at imagination.com, spelled like imagination, but J-U instead of G-I. And you can check out Fixed Fairy Tales on the H-I-S-H-E Kids channel on YouTube. And Flaredil can be found at odill.com, O-D-Y-L-L-E. And the film website is manfredthemonkey.com. Well, that's all for this podcast minisode, but keep checking back at squiggly.com. 
as we have more a coming. Ciao for now.